Hopefully, by the songs that have been sung, by the things that have been shared already, you know that uh, we're serious about our Christian living. Pastor Daniel has been going through spiritual disciplines over the last several weeks, and last week he talked about uh, coming and submitting to one another. Isn't that exciting? Yay, all right. And uh, <laughs> these are serious things. He said it was a hard message, and it was a great message. If you didn't hear it, you need to hear it again. Uh, I mean, you need to hear it for the first time. Go online. And uh, Maddie has been away, but she's back, and I think that, that will be up there this week. I'd like to start with a story today. Uh, I read a story about a lady uh, who was uh, making a call to a friend, and uh, when she called, uh, she asked how she was feeling. And the woman on the other side of the line said, I feel terrible. My head is splitting, my back and my legs are killing me. The house is a mess. The kids are simply driving me crazy. The caller said, listen, go and lie down. I'll come over right away and make lunch for you. I'll clean up the house. I'll take care of the children while you get some rest. And then I'll fix dinner for all of you when your husband Sam comes home tonight. Sam, said the other person that was complaining, he says, my husband isn't Sam. Oh dear, I must have called the wrong number. And there was a long pause, and then there was a question, does that mean that you're not coming over? <laughs> I have a question for you. How many would say, no, let me have your address, I'll be right over. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I thought that's probably what would happen. Most of us would say, I got the wrong number. Sorry, I, I bothered you. Jesus would have gone over. We're talking about serving today. And, and when Jesus walked this life, he did a bunch of things that uh, were mainly interruptions and inconvenience to him. The stuff that he did was miracles, it just goes one after another. <clears throat> blind Bartimaeus, he's walking along the road and blind Bartimaeus cries out and he says, Jesus, have mercy on me. And the disciple said, be quiet, be quiet. We're doing things here. We're on our way somewhere. And Jesus said, stop, stop. Who's this guy that's crying out? Blind Bartimaeus says, it's me, I need your help. What would you have me do for you? I'm blind, I'd like for you to restore my sight. And Jesus restored his sight. Little inconvenience, a little interruption, it's okay. Jesus was teaching one day in a house and the place was packed and these crazy guys went up on the roof, took the roof apart and lowered a guy down right in front of him as he's giving his message. Interruption, maybe inconvenience, but he healed that man that day. Jarius comes to him about his daughter. She's dying, she's sick, she needs your touch. Jesus, come with me, please, quickly. And Jesus is on the way, sure, I'll go with you. All of a sudden he feels something and he says, wait a minute, stop. Somebody touched me. And the disciples said, what do you mean somebody touched you? There's people all around here. Of course somebody touched you. He said, no, 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 virtue went out of me. And he stopped, man's... Daughter is dying, and he stops and says, I want to find out who touched me. Finally, a lady says, 
it was me. I thought if I would just touch the hem of your garment that you would heal me. And I've been healed, I know that already. And Jerry's just standing there thinking, come on, Jesus, let's go, my daughter. And then he gets a message. Your daughter has died. Don't bother the master any longer. And Jesus says, it's okay, let's go anyway. He gets to the house. Sure enough, his daughter's dead. And he goes and lays his hand on her and declares life to her. And she comes to life. There's all kinds of interruptions, all kinds of inconveniences to us. And yet that's where Jesus does his best works. When you're inconvenienced and when you're uh, going through problems, when you're going somewhere and you're interrupted, those may be the best interruptions you've ever had. God has a plan for all of your interruptions, for all of the things that are going on in your life. So today we're talking about serving. And if you're going to serve the Lord, there's going to be inconvenience. (laughs) There's going to be interruptions. There's going to be all kinds of things. Let me read a scripture for you and then we'll pray. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 42 through 45, it says, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, but their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That was how Jesus came into this world, to offer service to everybody that he knew. That's what he calls us to do as well. When you came in today, you should have gotten a card like this. It has uh, not been really updated, but it's how to get all in, how to serve here at Grace Point. And you can go through and check off today any of those things that you're interested in. Hopefully by the end of the service, you'll check off two or three of them. I don't know how many you'll check off. Uh, Some of them aren't happening right now. The cafe is closed because of this pandemic thing. Hopefully it'll be over soon and the cafe will be open again. Uh, The uh, parking attendants haven't been in function for a long time. We haven't needed them actually lately because there's not that many cars that are coming. Uh, But there's all kinds of things here for you to do and we want to encourage you to sign up, to do something. If you're not serving in the kingdom of God, you're not following Jesus. Because that's what Jesus asked us to do. Come and get involved. Come and practice what God is saying to you. And so I know some of you will be, you know, a little bit disturbed today by some of the things that I say. hope you were disturbed last Sunday as well uh, in the message that was given there. Uh, And uh, if you're here for the first time, if you're here new, uh, this message is really for Christians that are serious. uh, But I believe it has something to say to each one of us. So listen and follow along with me, and let's see what God has in mind. First of all, why should you serve? Well, it's really to be like Jesus. It's to allow him who came to forgive us and to come into our life so that we would be functioning and acting like Jesus. In fact, in Antioch, when the first time that they were called Christians, it was supposed to be a put-down of people that were all these 
good people trying to do good things and trying to be like Jesus. They called them Christians for the first time in Antioch. And it stuck. Yeah, that's what we want to be. We want to be like Christ. We want to present someone who is loving, caring, ministering to people, serving people wherever we go. And so that title actually stuck. In Luke chapter 22, verse 27, it says, For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? That's what everybody thinks. It's not the waitress or the waiter. It's the one that came that's willing to pay for the food there. But he goes on and says, But I am among you as one who serves. The one that's the greatest, Jesus said, isn't the one that's eating and paying the bill, but the one that is a greater one there is the one who is willing to serve. Over in Philippians chapter 2, Pastor Daniel read this last week, but it fits so well here. Have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of God of a bondservant. Not just a servant, but a bondservant. Someone who has made the choice that because God has loved me, I'm gonna love like he loved. And that's what bondservant actually means. To serve out of love. You know, there's only two things that God has called us to do. One is to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our might. Every ounce of energy within us is to love him. And he says the second one is like unto that is you need to love your brother, your sister, as yourself. That's all of the commandments he gave us. He says all of the commandments are wrapped up into those things. Love God and love people. Are we ready to love people today? Are we ready to serve him? If you really love God, John says if you you say that you love God and you don't love people, you're a liar. Wow, that's pretty strong words, isn't it? You're not telling the truth because you can't love God and despise or hate or think less of people around you. You just can't do that because he's a lover of everybody regardless of what was going on in their life. God wants us to resemble him. He wants us to resemble who Jesus Christ is in our life. Paul in Romans chapter 1, verse 1 Said, he introduced himself, he says, I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. James, when he started his epistle, verse, verse, I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Peter, when he wrote Second Peter, he says, I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Jude, when he wrote his epistle, says, I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Tells us that we need to be bondservants. We need to love God and love people. That's what he's called us to do, to be like Jesus. And so that's a first reason why we ought to be servants. Second reason is to fulfill our purpose. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, he's working in our lives, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works is what he's called us to do, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has already prepared good works for us that we should walk in them. And so how to fulfill the purpose that God has given to us is only found out by finding what God wants us to do. 
He's called us to be his servants. He's called us to produce life like he produced life. He called us to do the same things that he did. Another scripture over in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. I know John 3, 16, and when I found this one a long time ago, I said, wow. To put those two together is amazing. It says in 1 John 3, 16, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Lay down your lives for the brethren. How you doing out there, okay? You're blessed. Anybody ready to lay down your life for the one next to you? Mm, I don't know about that. That's what we're called to do. We're called to serve like Jesus called. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. And he calls us to do the same thing. To fulfill our purpose over in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 says this. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each one, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. I remember in Bible school I, had, I was bunking together with another guy, and he was driving me crazy. He just did things that I didn't like. He did things that bothered me, and uh, I was upset with him. And once in a while I'd tell him so. <laughs> and then God brought me to this very verse, and I'll never forget it. I'm having my devotions, and I'm reading, and God said, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. I said, oh, Lord, I've been forgiven by you. I've done a bunch of things that I know disturbed you, and here I'm living with this guy that's disturbing me, and I practiced this with him from that day on. And we became pretty close friends. (laughs) And I didn't get upset with him any longer because God called me to do something different than what I was doing. I don't have any uh, uh, strength or ability to despise him for some of the things that he was doing. God wants me to be tender-hearted toward him. You can't say you love God and not get along with your brother or your sister. How does this go? Not only for your roommate, but how about your marriages? Ever get upset with other Christians around you? Silence. (laughs) Never get upset with anybody, right? We get upset with people from time to time because they are upsetting. What do you do with it? Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving. Love them like Jesus loved. Is that hard to do? It's difficult to remember sometimes, but he calls us to be like him. The initiative with forgiveness doesn't start with your friend. If they would only forgive me, I think I could forgive them. If they'd only take the first step. No, God says you take the first step. No matter what's going on, you be the one like Jesus and you go to them and straighten it out. When the Bible talks about the one another ones, love one another, forgive one another, encourage one another, build up one another, strengthen one another. When I was going through a study on that, I found out that I'm always the one. I never get to be the other. How many want to be the other? <laughs> but that isn't, you can't read that and say, I, I, I'd like to be the other one. Because it doesn't work that way. You have to be the one that's loving, strengthening, building, forgiving, whatever. That's what God calls us to do. Well, 
Another thing that tells us why we ought to do the things that Jesus does is to be obedient, to follow his commands. It says in John 14, verse 21, he who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I'll love him and will disclose myself to him. The disciples said, how, how, how are you going to do that? <laughs> well, have you ever read the Bible looking for the commands of God? We think sometimes there are only ten commandments, and that's back in the Old Testament. Well, read the New Testament looking for commands. Have you ever done that? Let me encourage you. Chapter 5 of Ephesians. I just picked this out randomly as one of the scriptures that maybe we can look for some commands here. It starts like this. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Is that a suggestion? No. That's a command. Verse 2. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you, gave himself up for you, an offering and a sacrifice to God, which is a fragrant aroma. Is that a suggestion? That looks like a command to me. Verse 3, but immorality and impurity or greed must not even be named among you. I guess that may be a command too. Verse 4, and there must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather the giving of thanks. We've only gone through four verses. The whole chapter is filled with commands. Read the Bible as though it was a command being given to you. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Read the verses. It's absolutely amazing what is here. Then it comes down to the end and it says, Wives, be subject to your husbands. Wow. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know the reason why we have separation and divorce? Because we don't follow the commands of God. If we do what he tells us to do, life is great. It really is. And the verse before it comes to the wife, it says, be subject, submissive, one to another. And we heard that last week. And if you haven't gotten that message yet, go back and hear it. Find out what God is saying to you. Read as though you were reading command because that's what they are. We read through the Bible and we pick out, oh, I like that verse. And I like that promise, and I like what God is saying there about what he wants to do for me. Read it as commands, because that's what they're given for. If you follow his commandments, <laughs> he says it'll go well with you. Another verse, a couple of other verses, First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10 says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it or put it to work in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Each one has received something from God. Very important to take that and employ it in serving other people. Serve one another humbly in love is what Galatians 5 and verse 13 says. You know what is just the opposite of humility? Selfishness. Selfishness comes directly against that word humility. It's when we decide to say, okay, my life isn't about myself. My life is about God and his purpose, and my life is about other people that God has brought into my life. And so it's not about selfishness. In fact, when you come to receive Christ as your Savior, the Word of God says you die to yourself. 
And he comes to live within you to bring forth his life and what he wants to accomplish. Is everybody in the room dead today? If you're not, we have a baptismal tank over here. We're preparing to do another baptism. And the whole idea is that you're, you're recognizing that you're dead. It's no longer about you. It's about God and it's about other people that he's put into your life. We live in a society here in America that is so selfish, so self-absorbed that it creeps into our life. And if we're not careful from time to time, we go back and thinking this life is really about me. And pity me, poor me, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. And get rid of your pity party and start thanking God for everything that is given to you. And you'll find your mind will be changed. You'll find that life will have a new dimension. And you're not going to be troubled by the things you've been troubled about before. They'll just disappear. They really will. And so let's find this place of obedience to him. The next one is probably the most difficult that I have to share with you today. It's Matthew 25. There are a couple of things in Matthew 25 that I want to talk to you about. First of all, it's the parable of the talents. You probably know the story. To one was given five, to another one was given two, and to one, well, only given one. And it says according to their abilities. When I think about this, I think, wow. The guy that was given five comes back and he says, Lord, I've doubled this. And uh, here's ten talents that I have to give for you. And the man was given two, went out, and he doubled that, and he brought back four. And you know what Jesus said to him? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But the guy that was given one, and this is what I want to share with you today. Many of us think, I don't have much to give. I have so little to give. I don't even know if I should give anything. The one that was given one went and buried his treasure, the treasure that God gave him to double it, and didn't even act on it, didn't even put it in the bank. And when it came time, he went and dug it up and gave it to the Lord, and he says, I know you're a man that produces things where you don't even sow. You're, you're one that just finds doubling and blessing everywhere. So I went and hid it, and here's your treasure back. It's all in one piece, so here you are. You know what Jesus said to him? You lazy, wicked slave. How many are happy with those words? You lazy, wicked slave. And he told him to come and drag him out of the place and put him into outer darkness. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. I'm just passing on Jesus' words to you. But I think we need to hear that. Because he calls us to serve. And if we're not serving with the gift that he's given to us, then maybe he'll label us as a lazy, wicked slave. If you're coming to Grace Point and you haven't found a place to serve yet, oh, we want to encourage you. <laughs> Take the card. Find a place to begin serving somewhere on the weekend. And not only that, but make it a lifestyle so that when you go to work, when you go to school, when you live with your family, that you're concentrating on finding something to bless other people with wherever you are. Because that's Christianity. That's how to live out what God has given to us. It goes on in Matthew chapter 25, and I didn't write this down, verses 35 through 40. Jesus comes to a group of people and he says, I was hungry and you fed me. 
I needed a drink. You gave me a drink. Uh, I was a stranger. You took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And the people that were righteous said, when did we do all that? When did we see you? And Jesus said, as you've done it unto the least of these, you really did it to me. Wow, we should not ever forget that. As you do it unto one another, you're doing it unto Jesus, is what the scripture says. And he goes on with another group of people and he goes through the same litany and they say, wait a minute, we, we didn't see you. Well, they were put in your pathway. You just didn't take any time to serve them. Judgment then comes upon them. The last one in this area that I want to talk about, which is reasons to serve the Lord, is to make the function of the church explode. <laughs> in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. The reason why God has given us Pastor Daniel is to equip us so that we know how to live our lives with one another, how to submit to one another, how to fast and pray. Did you hear the announcement this morning? How many already decided you're going to... No, I won't ask that question. We've been asked by our senior pastor to find time in these next few days to fast and to pray. For what reason? So that we'll be in touch with God in a better way than we've been in touch with him and that we'll be alert and aware to needs that God puts around us. So that wherever we go, there might be those divine interruptions, even those divine inconveniences. Let me just refer back to the card here a minute. If you check off, you want to be a part of the uh, audiovisual, or if you want to be part of the uh, worship team, you're going to have to get up at 5, 5.15 in the morning because they meet up here at 7.30 to get themselves together and be prepared to help us to worship the Lord. That sound okay? If you're a greeter... You need to be here 30 minutes before to just stand at the door right. and smile and welcome people. We're distancing ourselves. We're wearing, wearing masks. We're being, but we welcome people. But you have to be 30 minutes early. Is that okay? If you're going to serve somebody, it's going to be a little inconvenient. How inconvenient do you want to be? Depends on the kind of service and servant that you want to be. So look over those things that has all kinds of, we don't have a cafe, we don't have some of those other things, but uh, it'll take some going out of your way if you're going to be a servant. It'll take something like Jesus being interrupted, being inconvenienced, and you have to get up early, you have to get dressed, and you have to get ready to do what God's called you to do. That means that the church is going to function and the church is going to go forward. Can you make that happen? Can you make the church grow? Going on in that same chapter, verse 16 says this, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. Every joint, every person has a part in making the church grow. Pastor Daniel mentioned last week 
Some people think that they're a knee. And they've been a knee long enough and now they want to be an elbow or a shoulder. Want to change their position in the body of Christ. God has gifted you to be a unique part of the body of Christ where when you function and when you fit together with other people that God brings you into contact, you're going to cause the church to grow because the attitude you have will be the same attitude that Jesus had. You're going to be excited about being here. You're going to be excited about loving people. And people coming in the door think, wow, what's going on in this place? Jesus is here. And we recognize him. Well, it goes on and says, not only every joint supply, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. I know God can build us up. I know God has something to do in our lives. But when we function in the way he wants us to function, we will build up ourselves in the things of God. That sound okay? Some people want to come. Well, I'll get to that later. <laughs> Let me go on to how we carry this out. How do we do? How do we function? And I'll have to go through this quickly, but how should we serve? First one is serving willingly. For they themselves, it says in 1 Thessalonians 1.9, report about us what kind of a reception we had with you and know that you turned to God from idols to serve a living and a true God. That's just what happened. You, you, you turn from your old way of life serving idols and now you're, you're serving God and it comes out in a great way. I remember hearing one guy that came to be baptized a number of years ago and he says, you know, I used to think Christianity was, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do that, I have to do this. But when Christ came into my life, something changed. Now I get to do these things. Now I, I have the opportunity to do these things. I want to actually do these things. It changes your whole life. That's what he has to do. Our goal as a servant is not to just do acts of service. And I want to make sure that you understand this. It's not that you just come and serve in some capacity. Because if you come and serve and you're not excited about that, if you're not willingly serving, you just as well not do it. Selah That's what the Bible says. Think about that. Because he wants us to enjoy what we're doing. He came that our life might be filled with joy, his joy, and that our joy might be full. It's the attitude that Pastor Daniel talked about last week. Another scripture in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. How much more will the blood of Jesus, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve a living God? That's what he's called us to do. Let me just remind you, you think you're going to have problems with people? Yeah, you're going to have problems with people. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron. You ever go to a, a metal shop where they're doing stuff like that? You want to wear something in your ears because it makes a horrible noise. That's sometimes how we get along. Let me just remind you that when Jesus loved everybody that he loved, it came to the end of his life, and even his 12 disciples denied him, walked away from him. Others betrayed him, even one of his own disciples. And then there were others that I'm sure that had been helped by him, shouted, crucify him, crucify him. How do people turn against you and you love them? Jesus loved everybody. 
You know what he did on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. Wow. What an amazing God we have. Serve humbly. I don't have time to go into all of these, but read that, 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6 as well. He'll exalt you at a proper time if you'll be humble before him. Serve faithfully. If you're going to do something, be on time. <laughs> be on time. If you're a greeter, you need to be here 20, 30 minutes beforehand. If you're going to be an usher, you've got to be here at the same time. If you're going to be on the worship team, you've got to be here at 730 because that's when it all begins. So be on time with whatever. Oh, that brought a response anyway. <laughs> so serve faithfully. Be on time. Christ was never late for anything that I know of. And then finally, serve joyfully. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Another slide says serve thankfully, serve wholeheartedly, serve availably, and serve expectantly. There's all kinds of ways in which we need to understand we need to serve the Lord. And without these qualities, my service will just be an act instead of a ministry of God and his Holy Spirit. Let me close with another story. It's found in John chapter 13, where Jesus is sitting down with the disciples having what we call a Last Supper. I don't think they knew it was a Last Supper, but he knew. And you know how that went? They came in. He said, go prepare a place. So they went and found a place. They prepared it. They got the food together. And every one of them walked into the room that day and uh, sat down to eat. Well, there was a cultural situation that they knew about. In fact, it had to do with a basin and water and a towel. They all walked right by that. I'm sure they saw it, and they probably thought, where, where, where's the lowly servant that's supposed to help us with this? Because Peter walked by and said, I'm not doing that. John walked by and said, I'm not doing that. They all went down and sat by the table, and they were reclining a table. And at an appropriate time, it says Jesus got up, took his outward coat off, wrapped it around himself, and I'm not going to do that. But he went and got the basin and the water. It was there. He didn't have to go next door to get it. He poured the water in, and he took the basin, and he took the towel, and he knelt down in front of each one of them. And he began to wash their feet. Even Judas who he knew was going to betray him. He washed Judas' feet. He comes to Peter, and Peter says, oh, <laughs> don't wash my feet. He says, I'm, I'm not honoring. I, I, I don't deserve that. I should be the one doing it. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have nothing to do with me. He said, well, then wash my hands, my head, everything. <laughs> no, no, no. Just your feet. Jesus is trying to help them understand that acts of service, though they may seem very lowly, are the very thing that we need to understand. The scripture says in John chapter number 13, do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If then, Lord and teacher, I washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. 
For I gave you an example that you also should do as I have done unto you. Truly I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. Listen to the last line. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. If you understand that being a servant is the highlight of your life, it's what God has called you to be and to do. And when you know those things and you begin to do that, you will be blessed. How many want to be blessed? A few more hands than I saw before. Some of us say, I don't know if I really want to be blessed like that or not. This is what he calls us to be, a servant, the lowliest of low, to wash people's feet if necessary, to be what he's called us to be. Heavenly Father, we need you. We're caught in a culture that doesn't teach us these things. We're caught in a society that lauds and applauds people that have made it people that have somehow climbed the ladder and have gotten into positions. Help us, Lord, to see that you called us to be servants. Servants of all of the people you put in our lives. Give us eyes that we might see. Give us hearts that we might respond with the kind of compassion that you had for the people that were given to you. Bless our lives as we take these things and do them. Amen.